I mean, we share this to uh, the group. We ready. I'm excited for this one. I got my hydration done, so we're ready to go. We got like 45 minutes on this one today. It's my favorite episodes. Well, they're slowly falling off my favorite episodes because of the debates, but this episode right here is pretty fire. You guys ready? You guys ready? You ready? Who's doing, who's doing the intro today? What's up, bro? Let's go. Come on. Hit him with the intro, man. Come on. You're up. I got it. Come on. Ready? What's going on, everybody? It's your boy TJ back at again with another episode of The Stoop Life. And today we got a good one. This is our type of episode. This is a two-piece in the biscuit if I was doing this by myself. But you already know what it is. We got UFC Fight Talk, baby. We have UFC 274, which is this weekend. We have two championship fights on this card, too. Then we have a, a number one contender spot on the on, on the line. Even though, even though I do think it's not exactly one. But you already know what it is. You know I'm here with Mr. BKO himself, my co-host, partner in crime. Let's get it. Hell yeah. Yo, before we get started, guys, we're going to be talking about UFC 274. But before we talk about that, I need to talk about the the fight card that just got fucking dropped today, UFC 276. How the hell are they going to put on the same card? Already, already, already confirmed. The main event is Israel Adesanya versus Jared Kanye. Kanye. Then... They got Hamzat Chimea versus Diaz. Under that, they got, they got Sean Strickland versus Alex Perea. They also got Sean O'Malley versus Peter Munoz. And then tonight, right before we just watched the fucking podcast, before we start doing this, they confirmed that Alexander Volkanovsky versus Max Holloway 3 will also be on that fight card. There's a couple other speculations that they got going on, but we're not going to confirm them here. But I'm hearing a lot of rumors that they're also going to have either in that fight card or going fight week. So probably maybe the next day a fight card that's featuring Kamara Usman versus Leon Edwards too. And the return of the UFC fucking GOAT, Johnny Bones Jones versus Stipe Miocic. Now, I don't know the about return. you. Yo. The return of the GOAT. I... I'm pissed off I was banned from sharing on Facebook right now because I was so hyped when I saw that. I've been following this this uh, website or this uh, group on Facebook called Fight Bananas. And they share a lot of stuff. They must have insider information. I added you to it, yo. They had, they, yo, if you're in the fighting stuff, like, we're trying to share a lot in the stoop life more, but... This this group of uh, fight bananas is phenomenal. Like they're head on with like a lot of the stuff that they preview. They do a lot of the interviews. They post the videos, not just for UFC. Like they got PFL on there, and they got boxing on there. It's pretty awesome. So like they reported that a couple of days ago, and it's actually confirmed that fight card was legit. And now they're one. They're the ones I saw reporting the Usman, the Volk, and. John Jones Stipe, and I, I don't know about you, but, like, there's no way in hell that's on one fight card, but just to know that those fights are happening, I'm excited for them, man. Like, I, I can't wait for First them. All, if it is on one fight card, this might be the most epic fight card of our generation. Legit, I mean, we just legit, gotta be well, it'll be a $150, $200 fight card, and uh, I, you know I'll actually split it in order with my boys, because that shit will be epic, like you just said. I know. 
I mean, at the end of the day, you gotta have you gotta have Bones and Sita as main event. That's Bones Jones. I know, as but much as Kamar Usman, Kamar Usman is the champ. And is Volk it? is a champ. But you have. To, I've never seen a fight card where the champion wasn't the main event. Yeah, I mean, well, no, they're gonna. So, it's gonna be an interim heavyweight title because John Jones. Uh, Francis is gone. Francis is done. He's going to be gone. That's in the UFC, so they'll be champion. And they already have. Uh, they have another fight heavyweight. It's uh, Bam Bam versus Cyril Gain. So I'm I'm assuming like they're going to try and make that the winner of that fight fight the winner of this fight for the actual title. And I'm I'm with it. Like I'm with it because I think I think it's the deepest heavyweight division we have seen. In a while, honestly, since in a while. probably since early 2000s, mid 2000s. You know, when they yeah. had, when, when uh, Kane was there. Was just you know, swinging away at each other. Yeah. yeah. Like, there's a lot of guys out there because you got Curtis Blades fighting Aspinall. That's another guy that like, both of them could get mm-hmm. title contenders. Uh, I mean, Francis might be leaving at the right time. <laughs> he might, honestly, I think he did choose, choose the best time to get up out of it. Yeah, so, I mean, he's probably going to get his money. He's probably going to end up in PFL. Yeah, I mean. Um, I, he's gonna I, rule I that. He's gonna rule PFL. Yeah. So we'll see. What he we'll see what he does. I mean, he's gonna get that fight with Fury. You know who knows? He might knock Fury out because they might wear those uh, MMA gloves, which would be amazing. Uh, I don't see it happening, but you never know. You never know. Francis is a good dude. Yeah. I, I, I hope he does something that's gonna benefit him and stop getting screwed over by Dana White in the UFC with that bullshit pay that they give him. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. But, no, Dana White is. I listened to him talk the other day. He is the. I, I might have went from actually liking the guy for a second to actually fucking hate. Him. He's always like that, bro. Like you like him some days, and then I, the next you know, day you hate him. It's it's crazy. To, to talk about the men, to talk about pay, get on another organization for saying, oh, what well, they say they pay. After after the organization he was talking about, he said, oh, well, I pay my janitors better than I pay my my, my fighters. I forgot what organization What's he was he talking about? about. Eagle FC. I think he's talking Eagle about FC. Him. Yeah. But yeah. the fact that he's criticized somebody for not paying their fighters, that pisses me off. Well, the fighters, fighters, I never get on guys who, like boxers who are overpaid because they're putting their body in their line way more than than the normal athlete. It's crazy. It's a crazy. So now you have guys getting knees, elbows, shins, everything thrown at you. Give them the money. Yeah, you know. You don't like, want to give them insurance. That's on you. I agree. Give Good them thing. the money. The thing is, uh, two points. Number one, the, the Eagle SC, he was pissed off because they partnered with uh, Bellatar. Like, Bellatar is actually yeah. allowing crossover fights with Eagle FC. It benefits on both. Uh, and number two, we talked about it before, about the revenue share with, like, pay-per-view buys for boxing and all these other sports. UFC is at the bare bottom. Like, they're not even half of what all any – that the lowest sport is. You know, like – like we talked about before, like boxers, they get about 50% of the revenue between the fighters on the card. UFC fighters on average get about 13. It's it's ridiculous, man. Like, you, you don't have to pay them a lot more, but like... They're basically the minimum wage of, of, of sports. Yeah, like you, you got to figure, like you got these up-and-comer fighters are only making, you know, 20 grand to get a fight. 30, 40 to win extra, so 50 grand if you win the fight. You know, I don't know how much the camps cost, how much the travel cost, how much the rooms and shit cost. Like, they're not, you know, it's tough. It's tough. Especially if you get knocked out, you can't fight for 18 months. Why would that, see, you said about the rooms, training and shit. He has a facility built for these fighters. Yeah. To go train and stay. That shouldn't be part of your pet. No. 
Like, it's ridiculous, man. It's I mean, but then you got a guy, he brings in, like, Conor McGregor, and he's like, yo, all hell you. You get whatever the hell you want. That's why I don't like him, because, like, nah, dude. Like, this is not a sport where you play favoritism in. Like you gotta, no, like, you, you gotta, you gotta allow these guys are working their, or women to work their, they're working their ass off to get the fight that they deserve. That's what it actually pissed me off about the Hamza Diaz fights because like Diaz did a lot for you, and now you're screwing him because you don't want to. Yeah, he wants out. So now you're like, yo, play like Hamza. It's- it's loud and clear. He wants to get get the fuck yeah, out. He's probably gonna have PS on too. If you were, he's probably gonna get banned. I think he's gonna try and fight Jake Paul, honestly. And I think Dana White's pissed off about that. But the dude, the dude, the Warriors fought like 100 fights. But my point, I was like, it's like Hamza should be fighting Bella Bella Muhammad. That should be the number one contender fight. But he's like, ah, nobody wants to see that, so he screwed Bella. That's the guy I feel bad for. Yeah, I feel bad for him. Like, Roman Hamid, he really, he literally got his shit together to be a contender. Yeah, now he's going to be I like, okay, go fight Colby Covington, and then if you win that, you get another fight. Because there's no way Colby's allowing someone to get a title shot and not himself in a fight. That's why he wouldn't fight Hamzat. But, I mean, it's an entertaining fight. I'm here for it. You never know with I'm Diaz. Hell, Diaz might throw so, a knockout punch, but I... Let's start off with that fight, though. When we get to this card, the UFC one seven uh, seven twenty four card. Yeah. Let's get to this fight. We got to, we got to, but we gotta get started on this fight card tonight. Look at this fight card we got here, guys. I'm gonna show you guys real quick. I got a screen share. We're gonna be starting something new here. We got this fight card. We got the main card right here. Look at this card. We got a title fight. Um, Charles Oliveira, Justin Gaethje. Then we got another woman's fight. Rose Nama Junis and Carla Esparza, which. We I love that fight. I absolutely love that fight. I'm not going to fraud. They already fought before. Rose is always entertaining. Carlos a, a yes. battle-tested warrior. I love it. But let's Carla talk has about, one on let's, let's look at this fight right here. We got Chandler and Ferguson. Listen, if this fight was happening maybe like, what, four four years ago? It's a title fight. It's a title fight. It's uh, open, absolutely. We're going to talk about Especially it. Everything. Well, if you think about it, four years ago, they were both champions. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, Tony Ferguson would be a crazy Then we got these two other fights on this main card. We got the old heads. We got Shogun versus Ovi, Ovent St. Prue, which, yeah, two legends in the game. They've been in it forever. And then the final main card, we got two other legends. We got Cowboy Cerrone coming back versus Joe Lazon. So we got a good fight there. We got an undercard here. We got a couple we're going to talk about. Uh, you know, nothing really popular. I would love to talk about a little bit about this Chaos Williams Randy Brown fight, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go through a couple of these because we got we got some dudes that like this uh, Marcos De Lima guy. Uh, we're gonna talk about him because he's actually uh, a slight favorite, and he is an absolute fucking animal. Uh, I don't like betting against like the Russian fighters, but this De Lima guy is just. I don't know if you've ever seen him fight. He's scary, man. He's very scary. So, yo, let's start off with our main event. We're going to start off with Charles Oliveira versus Justin Gaethje. Now, before we get started, we got their records. I think I personally think in this fight, I think the records are kind of uh, really irrelevant. I think this is a matchup stylistically that they're two completely different fighters. And whoever executes the game plan more... Is gonna is gonna win this fight. So, Paul, break down uh, the game plans for both these guys. Like, if you're Charles Oliveira, what's your game plan for this fight? Get him to the ground immediately. 
get Justin Gaethje to the ground immediately because once he starts on his little leg kicks, he starts pouring it on you. It's going to be a long night. Don't let him get comfortable. That's honestly my that's Oliveira has significantly made leaps and jumps in his striking, but when he got you on the ground, it's a wrap. Just he's going to wrap you up. He's going to beat you. He's going to break you down. Now if I'm Gaethje, I'm Gaethje. I'm going in there and I'm just I'm I'm gonna smother you. Every, people don't understand that he's he hasn't taken a he hasn't had a takedown. It's, I don't think he has had a takedown attempt since he's been in the UFC. Yeah, no, none. And he, but people don't understand he's a he's a two time division um one All American wrestler. And if I'm him, I'm doing everything in my power to keep that up. Keep get him up against the cage, smother him, make him feel uncomfortable. Um, drop bombs on him. Take if you have to take his best shot. Oh well, that's what in a Gaethje fight, he's either gonna get knocked the fuck out or he's gonna knock you out. So Oliveira just gotta be a little bit more, you know, cautious. Get him down to the ground, ground and pound him. Gaethje just gotta do Gaethje shit. That's you know true. what I mean. That's true. You brought up a good point there. You talked about low leg kicks. Whenever we talk about low leg kicks in, in UFC, Justin Gaethje's like the guy that's like. He's probably the best at him because he just got bam. He's just, he's just, he's just fucking quick. It's like you're bitch slapping somebody. He's like boom, bam. Just, you know he's back, and that's 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 great. That's dandy. That's great. That's one of the best things you got to do. But Charles Oliveira doesn't get kicked in the legs. Like he doesn't get kicked, bro. Like he's the same. He's just yo. I don't know about you, but I have I have I have Charles Oliveira in my top five pound for pound, and I honestly think he's probably underrated still. Like he could possibly be number one, two, or three in that list. You know, it's hard. I agree. He's so it's, good. People forget his come up. This is a second career for him now. Exactly. We raved about him plenty of times before. How Charles Oliveira kind of just came from the mud and he got where he's at, which is true. So it's only right that he goes in there and fights Gaethje. Like he was, like like he has nothing to lose because that's how he is. He was out the UFC. What? I want to say four years ago. Yep, four years ago. And then he went on that crazy exactly, 10 exactly fight win UFC, streak. And nobody wanted him. Like, how, like he's a hungry fighter. I don't I don't see anybody at 155 being all of there. I'm too gross. Yeah, I mean, uh, the way I break down this fight, too, is kind of the same thing. Uh, when we talked about Charles Oliveira versus Dustin, it's kind of the same thing. You know, kind of the same thing. You got a dirty box, and you got to avoid the fucking clinch. That's exactly what yes, you know. Gaethje has to do. He has to come out, and he has to be wary though, because you know the last couple fights he's been fighting. He fought, you know, he beat uh, he beat Chandler. He knocked out Tony Ferguson, but he came out. He was throwing a lot because there were three round fights. So I'm curious to see how he comes out. If he comes out right from the gate throwing, or if he kind of slows off because he can he he can catch. Charles Oliveira, because if you remember in the Dustin Poirier fight, Dustin did hit him, but as soon as he got hit, he got clinched up right away, and then it was it was over. Yeah. It was over after yeah. that. So if he catches him, he cannot let him clinch him, and that's not that's before his Khabib fight. He's never he never he he like never got submitted in his whole career. Barely got taken down. I'm pretty sure his takedown defense at that time was. Like ninety five percent, Khabib took him down like five times, knocked it down to seventy three. Uh, so a lot of people haven't really attempted takedowns on Justin Gaethje for a couple reasons. Probably that that low leg kick and that uppercut. 
You know, so that I want to talk about that leg kick real quick because you he utilizes it like a boxer uses his jab. Yeah, he sets you up every time he throws that leg kick. He's setting you up. Exactly. Every time he throws that leg kick, he needs you to switch stance, so it gives him a chance to come to you, to throw those, those overhand rights. Now, uppercut is vicious. <laughs> it is, dude. It's, it is nasty. I mean, he has one of the best. Like his hands are awesome. Like I love watching Justin Gaethje. It just sucks that he's fighting Charles Oliveira. And it's like, I, I know. I mean, like, I wouldn't be surprised if Charles Oliveira even caught him in, like, a, a punch and he caught his arm and got him in, like, a triangle or something. Because he does shit like that. He's crazy. He does weird shit. He does. Uh, you know, Charles Oliveira is on a 10-fight win streak. Like you just said, uh, he hasn't lost. He hasn't fucking lost since... When was his last loss? Uh, 2017. So he's been on a five-year win streak almost. And in that, yo, it's not like he beat Slotches. Like, he's beat people. He's knocked out Michael Chandler, submitted Dustin Poirier, amongst other people. You know, it's, it's 20 submissions. 20. He leads the UFC. So a lot of people talk about, oh, Khabib was the good guy to take you down. This is the guy that might actually be better at it than Khabib was in the same division, believe it or not. It's pretty crazy. He would have been a great matchup for Khabib, though. So this this is another I, I want to bring think up. That. It, I I agree. I would love to see him fight again, but I mean, uh, can we get an Islam Makachev in here? You know, uh, or he's in a different division, but uh, you know, no, he's the same division, right? It's lightweight. Everybody's yeah, him. yeah. Uh, but listen to this number. This number's actually fucking crazy. I'm pretty sure if we look up any other UFC fighter, they don't have this same number. So at lightweight in his career, he's 11 and one. Of those 11 <laughs> fights, he has 10 stoppages. Unbelievable. The only one he didn't stop was it was a decision win. It was a three-round fight. That's it. Every other fight, he stopped. Like, that's crazy, man. Uh, as, for, as for Justin Gaethje, as for Justin Gaethje, I want to point out this. In his last five, he got knocked out twice, and he got submitted once. His last five losses, sorry. His last five losses. Um, other than that, we talk about Charles has 20 submission wins. Justin Gaethje has 19 knockout wins. Like, so how many times has he been knocked out? He's been knocked out two times, but he has 19 knockouts. Uh, that's not bad at all, actually. Um, but we need to go back and watch his fights and see how many times he was rocked in this fight. So, I mean... <laughs> well, so I, ha I have a number here. We're going to look at it real quick right here. Justin Gaethje's uh, stats here. Let's see if it'll load here. He, he's a die on his shield type guy. You know what I mean? Well, let's look at his opponent. I, li I love that. You know, I, I'm not saying I don't think Justin Gaethje's good at all, but let's look at his opponents a little bit. All right, so he beat Michael, Michael Chandler. Fight was phenomenal. Fight was phenomenal. Not, not taking nothing from him. Not taking, not taking nothing from from his loss loss to Khabib. Khabib's last fight, you know. Thank God, because second round submission there, I want money. But let's look at the other people, okay? Tony Ferguson, knockout in 2020. Tony Ferguson wasn't Tony Ferguson. Donald Cerrone, knockout in 2019. Donald Cerrone hasn't won in, we're going to talk about that. He hasn't won in fucking, it feels like a century now. Edson Barbosi knocked him out in 2019. He was cutting weight. He dropped down the weight division. Wasn't the same guy. It was the first fight at that division. James Vick, supposed to be great. Dude hasn't done shit since. You know what I'm just almost, saying? Almost, almost one of their boxing head off got caught. 
That's what happened. Yeah. What game is that? You know, uh, and then he lost to Ed. He lost to Dustin. Lost to Eddie. But uh, his opponents really weren't that great. You know, his opponents weren't really that great. There were guys that threw with you. You know, these guys all were going to throw with you. I, I do want to give him credit, though, because he was the first person to knock out Tony Ferguson, which is fucking impressive as hell. But, again, it was an older Tony Ferguson, a little loopy. It was a war, though. It was a war. Was the whole fight war. was a war. Exactly. I mean, but at the same time, you know, look at Charles Oliveira's fights. Let's see his opponents. You know, he's got some guys on there. Right. Kind of the same thing. So, he, got, he got a couple of time um, yeah. fighters on there. I mean, same thing, though. Like, he's right. fought some guys that aren't, you know, that great either. We got Dustin Poirier, a great win. Michael Chandler knocked him out. That was a great win because it was a comeback fight. But Michael Chandler's 0-2. He lost the next fight, too. Tony Ferguson, same thing. You know, uh, Gaethje knocked him out a year later. Oliveira couldn't stop him. You know, so it shows a lot on on Gaethje's hand power that he knocked him out when the champ couldn't even beat him, couldn't uh, knock him out or finish him. That's his only finish. <laughs> Third round, only one out of his last 10, 11 wins. That's the only one he didn't finish was Tony Ferguson. But Gaethje knocked him out. So, like, yeah. if I'm betting something, a Gaethje knockout wouldn't be too uh, far-fetched. You got Kevin Lee, Eric Gordon, Rick Lentz. We'll see. I mean... Good card. So the odds for the fight, we didn't even talk about it, but the odds for the fight, we got favorite in this one. We got Charles Oliveira is minus one eighty eight. Justin Gaethje's plus one fifty two. By submission, Very good. we got Charles Oliveira plus one thirty five. Justin Gaethje's plus thirty four hundred. Ain't happening. By knockout, we got Justin Gaethje plus two hundred. Charles Oliveira plus seven fifty. Five points. We got both of them at plus 500. So, before we move on to the next fight, who are you taking? And how are you taking them? Taking all of there by a third round um, submission. All right, everybody, I'm gonna listen, listen to me right now. I have the same exact thing, so put all your damn money on it. <laughs> but, but, yo, I guess picks no miss. Yo, Bobby knockout picks no miss. I mean, it's it's pretty accurate. I ain't gonna lie. That's why I have I have uh, Oliveira third round uh, submission as well. But I would also you know dabble on a couple money on a, a f- round one or two, combine it, Gaethje knockout. Uh, I think if he doesn't get past that, that round, that's it's over. Smart money, though. Yeah, I think right it's there, over. Yeah. That I don't know though because Gaethje's really good in deep water. But my and he thing goes in the like, deep waters in the 45. That's when he really is active with his, with his knockouts. Yeah, but you know how these fights go. Like, you don't want to get caught. You don't want to get uh, not caught. You don't want to get clinched up. As you start going into longer water, he gets comfortable with the range. You start getting a little tired. So, I mean, uh, out of his finishes, most of them come in the second or third round. So, I mean, you can even do round one, two, or three KO. But I think it's going to be round one or two KO or a third round submission, which third round submission is my pick. That's what we're going with. We both have it. So lock that the fuck in, guys. It's a money play. Uh, even if you play take third round submission, it's like plus 4,600. So that's what I'm playing. At, I'm also taking him uh, straight up in my parlay. So straight up submission. They're my two picks. Next up, we got your favorite fight. Your favorite fight on the card. We got the champion, Rose Namajunas. Getting a revenge fight against Carla Esparza. 
What's your first thought about this fight? I love it because it's Rose. This is Rose's way of saying I want my I want my win back. I want my loss back. Um, now she's going in there against a girl who's the first ever champ in this division, and Carla's been on a five win win streak. I, me personally, she deserves it. A lot of people might be like, eh, should she have been in there? But it. in my my opinion, I mean, Carla's an excellent wrestler. She's gotten significantly better striking. Problem is, she still takes damage. What does Rose do? Throw a lot of punches. Kicks are probably one of the best in the UFC. So, I, in my opinion, I love the fight, but I already know the outcome of this. I feel like Rose is going to go in there and knock her fucking head off. But I can see Carla bringing her down and submitting her like she did in the first fight. Yeah, so... She knows it. Yeah, I agree with you. You, you know, uh, a lot of people are weird of betting a Rose now doing this fight because you're like, which one is she going to show up? You know? Um, yeah. I think she... I don't proved... think she's going to be... I don't think she's going to be the Rose in the first fight. So, do you remember Rose she... against Zhang? Second fight, she was the dog. And we're like, yo, she's going to knock her the fuck out again. Like, no. And yeah. she came in and she was Thug Rose. And she knocked her the fuck out. Yeah. Like you just said, she lost to her. She lost to she lost to uh, Carla. Submission, rear knuckle choke, third round for the inaugural UFC strawweight championship fight. And I think you have no question in my mind what Rose Domitunis we're going to get. We're going to get Thug Rose, and when you get Thug Rose, you get fucking Thug Rose victory. So I mean, I'm not going to take anything away from Carla. Like you said, she's. On a five-fight win streak, she's beaten a lot of good people. She's beaten three yeah, people in the top ten in women. So, I mean, she's great. One thing she does very well, which she capitalized on in their first fight, was her wrestling. She's an A-plus-plus plus yes. wrestler. Might be the best wrestling female definitely in the division, maybe in the UFC. It's debatable. She's up there. But since that first fight, Rose has gotten a black belt. And she has improved significantly. Uh, so I don't know how much of an advantage she has in that now. Because we already know. You know what, man? She's five foot one. She shoots fast when she when she shoots. She can get her down, but I don't know. This Rose is really good at scrambling. Yeah. I this mean, Rose is really good at taking down defense. Look, look, look at this chart so, right here. I mean, again, I think we're going to get Thug Rose and we'll see a knockout probably second round. Okay, so like the only so, way for Carla I, to win is for Carla to get her back and submit her. Same thing, you know, like as last time. Exactly. But if you look at the chart here, Rose is a higher percentage takedown defender, and she's almost double accurate at takedowns. <laughs> uh, I mean, so it's like she kind of she improved drastically. Drastically, you know, uh, 48% for, for Carla at takedown defense is still pretty good. But when you're fighting yeah. someone that's 56% compared to your 48 at defense, and like you said, her quickness, you know, it's yeah. that's something that Carla is probably going to be like, yo, this wasn't here the first fight, you know. Uh, so we'll see, we'll see what happens there. I, I do like – it's crazy because I want to bring it up too because you got striking. We, we, we see by the eye test, Rose is by far better at her hands. Miles by out of far. It's miles, miles away. Miles away. But if you look at the stats, it's actually, you know, she lands double the strikes per minute. But Carla is more accurate. And Rose absorbs more punches than Carla does. But at the same time, this is the big number I look at. Strikes landed, 4.01. 
Strikes absorbed, 3.88. For Carla, 2.34 strikes landed, 2.75 absorbed. Now, if you ever notice in a fighter, when they absorb more punches than they land, they usually aren't throwing very well, no matter what their accuracy says. But it also means they got pretty damn good grappling. So, you know, one, one thing I've noticed from the Andrade fight, the first fight, Rose increased her grappling a lot, too. Because that's why she lost fight. Her grappling wasn't that good. But Carla, as well, got better with her striking. Her last fight, she she, she won. She she molded the girl. Granted, she's Jan's not the she's not Rose. Yeah. Jan's not Rose. Let's well, put that out there. But in these last the five fights that I've I actually watched all five of her fights that she's won, and a lot of it is her just throwing punches. I think she wants to get over just being a grappler and and, and involve and involve a little bit being a, a better striker, which she has. But I think that that's gonna not play into her favor because she's five foot one going up again. I keep on saying. Where I see where I see her mistakes at for Carla is her rushing in there. Where I see the mistakes against Michelle Waterson when she fought her, she rushed in there and got she got caught. Rose is a very sit back fighter. She's gonna sit back and wait wait for you to come. She's a very good counter puncher. Hell of a kick, man! Listen that that leg that that uh, head kick she lands on people it's vicious. And Carla is just not somebody who's gonna get up in your shit with her striking. I don't know if she has a lot of power either. That's true. I, she does. I she mean, have the, the Marina Rodriguez fight wasn't that throwing either. So, but it showed that she can strike. Yeah. Um, I agree with you there. I agree with you 100%. You know, I don't think she hits that hard either. <laughs> I think she doesn't. She, like when you she throw, doesn't. She, she kind of just, it's, it's flaring. It slaps. Which is good. She has another technicality to her game, but... Rose is not. She picks her spots very well. Absolutely. Uh, if you look at the numbers here too, I'm actually was very surprised because I watch we watch Rose a lot, and I feel like since she knocked that girl out, she only gets a knockout 18 percent of her wins, which is actually crazy. She gets 55 percent by submission. I actually thought it was the opposite. <laughs> I don't know why. I guess I guess when Rose wins, I win money, so I get excited, and I feel like it's a knockout. <laughs> but when I was looking at her fights. I was like, oh wow, she didn't knock her out. She submitted her. Uh, you know, it's pretty crazy. But she f- finish rate is pretty high. Finish rate is 73%, which is pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. I mean, she, sub- she submitted uh, Michelle Watterson. That, yep. They have two common components like that. So, I mean, she, yeah. she re- Michelle Watterson's a really good, like, real, well-rounded fighter and a veteran. She, she got her down and hit her with a rear naked choke. Yeah. You know, uh, another big thing. Not I mention. Yeah, it's true. Another thing I want to bring up in this fight, if you look at if you look at Carlos' last fights, round two, round three, round three, round three, 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 three. three. She hasn't fought in a five round fight. She hasn't won five rounds since 2013. You know, uh, is she ready for a five round fight? If it goes to round four, how's she gonna? I don't think so. I don't know, know, man. It's it's tough. Look look at. Even look at uh, Rose's last opponents. I mean, Angela Hill is a hell of a fighter. She's Rose is the reason why Paige Van Zandt is not in the UFC. Um, Teresa Torres, Carolina, uh, Michelle Waterson, Joanna. Like I, she's fought a lot of gr- really good strikers. So having that could be a, that can actually work into uh, yeah. Carla's favor. 
because she's not used to having to defend that uh that shoot defending getting put on her back. She's not used to it. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean, like I was also looking at, like I just said, like I'm questioning our cardio. Is her cardio there? I also look at. She looks like she's a slow starter. I don't remember a lot of her fights, but against Marina Rodriguez, split against Michelle Watterson, split. You know. I remember the Marina Rodriguez fight because I thought to myself, I was like, she came out like a little tornado. Yeah, you got. She uh, came out a lot of out, of, out of these fights. You got one, two, three, four. Four of her last, you know, since 2017, four of those fights have went split decision. You know, so it's like, you can't start slow against Rose. Like, you're not going to get no, momentum back. you have to go out there. Man. Yeah, so, I, like... You have to go out there firing bombs, man. You have to make Rose feel very uncomfortable out there. You have to smother But it's hard to do because Rose knows how to use her. She she might be only five foot six, but she's tall for that division. So... She knows how to use those long legs, those long jabs. She's, she utilizes every bit of her limbs. Carla's going to have a hard time able, like, kind of calming that down. Yeah. So if, you, if you're not, even if you have to throw a couple punches and, and shoot, you have to do that. But she can even take a punch yeah, I agree. as she's doing it. I mean, it's, it's going to be an interesting fight because Carla's experience... So she should have game plan. No, you got to get in inside on Rose very early. Otherwise, when Rose gets comfortable with them hands, them feet, them takes downs, you got no chance. Like, you got no chance. Uh, if it wasn't yeah. for the body slam that she lost, she wouldn't have lost since, what, 2016? Yeah. You know, she, she would be rolling pretty good. But unfortunately, you can't all win that. So let's say the odds here for this fight. We got Rose Namajunas, minus 220. That's 200 on UFC, but it's 220 on Fandle. <laughs> uh, plus 176 for Carla. By decision, we got Rose plus 160, Carla plus 280. By KO, Rose plus 380, Carla plus 950. By submission, we got Rose plus 500 and Carla plus 1800. So what are you rolling? They're sleeping on Carla. She's a massive underdog. Yeah. I mean, plus 176 isn't that bad. Honestly. It's really not. Uh, especially going against Rose. And I kind of, kind of, when I saw that line, I was kind of like, oh, man, I don't know. Like, you look at the next fight, you know, the odds are a little higher uh, for our guy. But it, it kind of makes me weird what's going to happen. So what's your pick for the, for the fight? Or should I have to go first? What's my pick? Yeah, what we got? You want me to pick first? See if we're the same again? Uh, hmm. I think I'm going to go second round knockout, Rose. Alright, I fuck with it. Except I actually I actually have Rose now doing this by decision. I'm going Rose by decision. But I did have second round knockout originally because I like, like I just said, Carlos is a slow starter. And Rose Namajunas gets her hands going. She knocks people out in the second round. So yeah. it's like hand in hand. Uh, so I'm going to be doing a knockout round two as well. But I'm going to be going uh, heavier on Rose by points. That's that's my play right there. Rose going to win either way. So we'll see. Now we're on to the next fight. Michael Chandler versus Tony Ferguson. Somehow, 
Tony Ferguson, after losing two in a row, three in a row, is still ranked number seven. That says a lot about him, though. It really does. And especially who he lost to. Let's point out who he lost to for everybody out there that thinks Tony Ferguson sucks now. He lost to. Not at all. Not at all. He lost to the current champion, Charles Oliveira. Decision. He lost to Justin Gaethje, only knockout of his career. And he lost to Dariush, who's also a top five guy by decision. Not bad at all. You know, he's, he's still in there. He's still a fucking problem. He's still a problem. And then we got uh, Michael Chandler coming off two losses to both guys fighting in the main event. So, hey, not bad. You come over to the UFC, you win against Dan Hooker, and then you lose to the two guys that are in the title fight. Not bad. But what's your main takeaway from this fight? What's your thing that's going to separate who's going to win this fight? It's hard fighting Tony Ferguson, like, period, because he does a lot of weird shit. He gets in he gets in danger, he gets shot, and he does tumble saws, backflips, rolls all over the ring. He's very awkward to fight. Yeah. So he's not making fun fight for anybody. Um, Michael Chandler is just a, a fucking beast, honestly. I mean, keep it real. Granny, you got, what, one and two in the UFC right now? Yeah, um, one and two, but he fought some beasts. He does have power. He, he will knock you the fuck out, but I don't see him knocking uh, Tony Ferguson the fuck out. I think Ferguson just needs to keep being a weird guy, um, take his shots wisely because he can get caught in between those. I think Chandler should probably do his best to mount him down and, and ground and pound him. Honestly, the only you want to keep Ferguson close to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because once he does that, bouncing off the fucking, he does a lot of weird shit. He's just a weird guy in in in, in the cage. In general, um, hard to <laughs> knock out. Very hard to knock out. We got to keep it real with you. He's a very. You're not just gonna clean this fucking clock. I mean, Justin Gaethje took him going to war with him to do that. He's not gonna do that against Michael Chandler. Um, I'm not gonna sit here and say I'm impressed. With Michael Chandler in the UFC, I, I, he did he did impress me when he uh, with the fight he had with Gaethje. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, this is a fight. I feel like this is a gatekeeper fight. The winner is going to get the winner of the uh, Oliveira uh, Gaethje fight. So these two are honestly gate, gatekeepers, in my opinion. You're leaving out Islam. You know what I'm saying? You're leaving out Islam. Huh? You ain't giving the. Oh no! Nah, hold, hold on! Neither one of them want any smoke with Islam. No, I'm saying, neither one of them. I mean, what if Oliveira wins? Like. Islam, where they avoid him, move up, move down. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's a lot that can happen. But there's a reason this fight's on this card. There's a re- like, I agree with you. There's a reason this fight's on this card. It ain't just, oh, these guys are fighting. Because Tony Ferguson, if Tony Ferguson wins, he's on his way out. He deserves a title shot just because of the amount of times he got screwed over by injuries and people pulling out and shit like that. So, you know, I agree. And Michael Chandler, he's entertaining as hell. You know? I mean, why not? That Gaethje-Chandler fight was one of the best fights we've ever watched. So, I mean, if if Gaethje wins, I'd gladly watch that for a title fight. Five rounds? Hell fucking yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I agree with you. Uh, my thing about the fight is kind of like what you just said, too. Uh but the thing about Michael Chandler is his last couple fights he's shown he gets caught a lot. Like, a lot. He throw, throws hands, but he keeps you know that jaw open. You know, and the thing, the thing about Tony Ferguson. Exactly. But the thing about Tony Ferguson is he'll throw a standing head kick. 
you know? Like, he'll be on his one yeah. arm and hit you with a leg kick. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he did that and knocked him out. You remember when he rolled into the, like, with the yeah. ankle lock? Like, he, yeah, rolled, he rolled into it. Like, it, it's weird shit. He's a difficult fight. It's not going to be an easy fight whenever you fight Tony Ferguson. Regardless of which one you're going to get. Like, Tony he goes, Ferguson. I guarantee you right now he's probably crawling along a wall. Like at, at his training facility, like crawling along a wall, say, "Hmm, how can I crawl along the cage like this and, and get him an armbar?" He, he thinks a weird shit like this. Yeah, I'm t- unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, I remember when he was supposed to fight Khabib, and there was a video of him. He was kicking and elbowing steel poles. Like this dude was nuts. But like this dude's fucking crazy. And then he tore his ACL. He tripped over a cord. It was like, come on. Like, yeah, that's the shit that happens. But like, this dude's crazy. Like, something's wrong with his head, like, and he brings it to the cage, and he's one of them fighters that nobody likes to fight because he doesn't mind being on his back either. Like, he actually's like, yo, take me down. I'll choke you out from the bottom. It's like Anderson Silva when he was in his prime. He was like, yo, like, come on down. Come on. And they were like, nah, get the fuck up. Like, that's the type of shit Ferguson does too. But like I just said about getting caught, do you think Tony Ferguson can catch Michael Chandler for Michael Chandler yes. to actually be scared. You do. I think I, I think he knows. I think Chandler knows he can catch him. If you look at Michael Chandler's history, fighting history, yep. in the big fights, he does he, he comes up short. He's not great. He's not great in in uh in um big fights. He beat he, I think he beat Eddie Eddie Alvarez and I believe in Bellator he beat Eddie Alvarez and he beat Pitbull once, but Pitbull came back and knocked him the fuck out. So he's not great in these big fights. The, to me, this is a big fight for him because if he loses, he's I think gone. Dana White's looking at him like, hmm. Good try. You're gone. You have one more in. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. It's a huge fight for both of them because same thing with Tony Ferguson. If he yeah. loses, you're like, well, you lost to four out of the top five guys. Like, sorry. Like, I mean, what are you going to do? <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. It's like, it's kind of like, a lot of these Bellator guys will come over and they're not instantly successful as it is, and he's showing why. He's tough. Don't get me wrong. I have a lot of respect for uh, Michael Chandler. He just that war he had with Gaethje showed me I, I kind of liked him a little bit more. I was a big fan of him after that. Yeah, but I I don't. Think I wasn't. Was, believe it or not, I didn't like how cocky he was. Like I didn't. I didn't like how he was coming into the UFC. Like yeah. remember when he was coming to the bubble? He was training to be the replacement. Yeah. Yeah. He was. Like, yeah. To me, it rubbed me. I get what he was doing, but it was just rubbing me the wrong way how he was training. Yeah, I, 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 I didn't like him in Bellator. I, I always want Eddie to fuck him up, maybe because of my Philly bias, but I always want Eddie to fuck him up. When he fought Pitbull, I was he beat him, but I was glad when Pitbull came out and knocked him the fuck out. Like, yeah. but he like many Bellator guys, they don't they're not successful here long. Yeah, I agree. So I mean, a lot of people are overhyping him here. Undervaluing Tony Ferguson. We got the odds here. And let, let me show you what I'm talking about. We got Michael Chandler minus 385. And we got Tony Ferguson at plus 290. I think that we talked about the last one being disrespectful. This is disrespectful. I mean, I get Tony Ferguson lost three in a row. But like I said earlier, this dude is a warrior in there. Like, and Michael Chandler hasn't proven anything. He hasn't beaten anybody in the UFC. So it's kind of like. I feel like it should be a little lower, you know. Uh, but we got we got by knockout. We got Michael Chandler plus one fifteen by knockout. Tony Ferguson plus eight fifty by submission. 
Michael Chandler plus 700, Ferguson 1500. By points, Michael Chandler plus 260, Tony Ferguson plus 600. What's your pick for the fight? I'm going I'm going to go uh Chandler by UD split at no at, by split decision. Um it's never an easy fight when you fight at Chandler. Even when you beat him it's not significantly. I don't even think that when he, the, his last fight against uh Barbish uh Darvish, he, he it even wasn't a clear win for Alan Darvish, but I got Tony Ferguson winning. I mean, I got a Chandler winning by split decision. But I can easily see Ferguson knock him out. So, <laughs> what do you got, man? Uh, Matt, we're going to win a lot of money this weekend because I agree. Uh, every, every single person I say is talking about this fight, they're like, oh, Tony, Michael Chandler is going to destroy him. And the more you look at it, the more you actually break it down and see that, all right, maybe Tony Ferguson isn't as bad as, he think, as we think he is because we remember him on like a 14-fight win streak. And then he lost three in a row. But he fought legit top yeah, guys. And the only no, one to stop yeah. him. The only guy to stop him is Justin Gaethje. And they, they, he didn't get stopped, if you remember that fight. The ref stopped it because his nose was hanging off his yeah. face. He kept going. You know? Uh, he's, still, he's still going to town. He won all fights. It was crazy. I remember that fight. It was a great fight. Like, I don't know how the hell he was standing. Like, remember Gaethje was asking him, like, you good? And he kept throwing punches. And it was nuts. Uh so he didn't even technically get knocked out. It was, a, it was a technical knockout for that fight. So I think I actually agree with you. I think it's going to be uh, two to one. You know, maybe someone's going to split it. But decision by Chandler. Decision by Chandler. But like you just said, I might throw a little couple bucks on a, a, a Ferguson knockout to surprise people. Because I don't think Michael Chandler's that good. I don't. I really don't. And, I didn't uh, think Michael Chandler was going to knock out Dan Hooker in the ditch. Yeah, and then <laughs> what, what happened to Dan Hooker? He fucking shit the bed like the last three fights. He's got knocked out three other times. He proved why it was, nothing, it was nothing impressed. I was impressed on that fight until what Dan Hooker did the next three. Then I was kind of like, all right, yeah. Michael Chandler ain't shit. Uh, a lot of people are going to put a knockout by Michael Chandler, but it's 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 plus 115. Like, that don't, that don't entertain me. It don't make me happy. No, and... Like yeah. I just said, we broke it down, and it's like, so you're going to tell me he's going to knock out a guy inside three rounds that's never actually been knocked out in a fight. I, I don't see it happening. I don't know. That's just me. It could happen. Don't get me wrong. Chandler throws hard, but uh, them steroids don't mean you can actually land the punch just because you hit hard. That's so, true. Tony Ferguson that's true. hard to hit. I agree with you. That. We saw you saw how ripped he is right now, right? He looks like, <laughs> I mean, he looks like a bigger TJ Dillashaw. Like, he's unbelievable. But that doesn't mean shit in the UFC. Like, you can come in as ripped as you want, look like an action figure, some yeah. video game character. It doesn't yeah. mean you have a jaw, and it doesn't mean you're going to land your strikes. So, uh, until, until Michael Chandler proves to me that I should give him that credit, he's not getting that knockout credit for me. It's just not happening. Because Tony Ferguson is not Dan Hooker. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I know. Tony Ferguson got a chin on him, too. So I mean. Yeah, you can hit this dude with a steel fucking brick wall, something. He's not going to get knocked out. He's nuts. I'm telling <laughs> you, he's probably smacking him. I'm telling you, he's probably tra- somewhat, some way, somehow training his jaw right now. Absolutely. He's probably, he probably told his fucking training partners to put clay in their gloves and punch him in the face. He, <laughs> like, I'm not shocked. Like, I'm not. His tra- everything about him... <laughs> 
He probably called up Antonio Margarita and was like, yo, bring them gloves from the Kodo fight. Beat me. Because <laughs> he's nuts, bro. Next we got to talk about, we got another fight here. We're not going to talk much about these two fights, but we're going to talk about them real quick. Because uh, It's the nostalgia. We got to bring up the nostalgia of these next two fights. Yeah, man. so the next fight we got, we got two veterans. We got Shogun Hua versus Ovin St. Prue. Now, I don't know about you, but I was like, how come this fight's on here? And then I'm like, yo, that fight's entertaining as hell. Like, they're both kind of old, but they both, you know, they both know how to do everything. So, I'm excited to watch that fight because as much as I want to say, yo, Shogun is not entertaining anymore, he's old. He's old and entertaining still. <laughs> and as for Ovin St. Brew, you know, he's that guy that is never good enough. But he's always good. I know. Talented as shit, though. Yeah, it's like... Talented as shit. Yeah, so we got the odds for this fight. We got Ovin St. Peru's favorite at minus 250. Shogun is plus 198. By knockout, we got Ovin St. Peru plus 250. Shogun plus 450. By submission, St. Peru plus 300. Shogun is plus 500. By points... Yeah. I just said that backwards. I forgot I fucking wrote it wrong. So let me read that again. I wrote it backwards. So we got. No, I was right. Never mind. It's right. It's right. And then, yeah, by decision, we got plus 320 and plus 2600 for Shogun. So based off of that, what do you think the fight's, how do you think the fight's going to play out for these two veterans? A boring ass unanimous decision. But let me break it down real quick. I could, I could definitely. I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna say who's gonna win. I could definitely see uh, OSP going in there and outstriking them. But I can also see uh, Shogun Rue <laughs> actually like possibly landing a big one on him because he's known for it. Yeah. But as I'm looking, side note, as I'm looking at this picture, he looks 110 years old. Look how old he looks, bro. He he looks. Well, it's bad. He, <laughs> is this a heavyweight? Uh, it's that light heavyweight. I think. Let me see. He Are you fucking kidding me? They're, they're making a, a 205 pounds? I think so, yeah. Yep. Listen, man. Listen. <laughs> Yo. OSP is a cheeseburger away from fucking um, Derek Lewis. <laughs> I mean, yo. Listen. Oh, I, I, what is this? I don't want to knock Rua, man. He's he's a veteran. He knows what to do. And he's hasn't looked that bad his whole career, but he's kind of looked like that. Not as bad. <laughs> his face is even like he damn. I think he got that five o'clock shadow going in the picture. He looks old. Yeah. I'm trying to I don't know if he has a part in his uh fade or I think he does. Like look at that bro. <laughs> Let me get back to the fight talking. I'm just like disgusting looking so, at this legend. We gotta talk about it. Um, we gotta talk about it. So in the last five, Shogun <laughs> is two two wins, two losses, and a draw. In his last ten, he's five, four, and one. St. Prue lost two in a row to two bums. But in the last ten, he's four and six. But he's somehow favored by 250. So, uh, it's a little crazy there if you look at the numbers. But then I look at this picture and I see why. <laughs> oh, that's it. Um, it's not crazy. No, it's not. Uh, as much as I want to say, yo, Shogun's going to come out of here. He's going to get that, that decision. 
I don't think he can go to like past the first round. <laughs> I, it's worrisome. Why would they even let him fight? I think it's his last fight, right. veteran fight. Uh, I, I don't see. So you put him in there last year. Yeah, I mean, I got, I got, I got OSP. I think he's gonna win the fight in a boring ass fight by decision. That's my pick too. Like I said, as much as I want to take Shogun, like I look at his numbers, I look at his age, his past fights. It's like, yeah, it's cool. He's five and four in his last ten, but he ain't fighting nobody. He ain't fight absolutely anybody. Where Osei Prue is like kind of that gatekeeper where he fights these young guys. Before they get that step up, so it's it's going to be a fun fight for Saint Prue because he's going to be like, "Yo, this dude is slower than me now." I love it. <laughs> so, what's your pick for the fight? I want to go ask OSP in a, in a split decision. I like it. I'm with the same. That's how I see it. We got. I think they're, I think they're going to stop throwing at a high volume after like the first minute and a half. Yeah. OSP might pick it up later, but I, I got OSP winning by you know, a split decision. I agree with you. We got our final fight on the main card, which is another fight that you're like, yo, why is this on the card? But then again, you're like, yo, entertaining as hell. We got Donald Cerrone it's versus Joe let's, let's take the second and realize we've never seen a boring cowboy fight. Let's never. He either gets put that out there. Yeah. But I want to I want to point out all of you guys out there that love Donald Cerrone. I love Donald Cerrone. He's o four and one in his last five, and the split decision, the, the, the majority <laughs> or the draw was actually he actually got knocked out in that fight as well. But he got overdrawn because the yeah. guy was on steroids. So he's actually o and five with five knockout losses in his last five. His last win was against Al Iaquinta all the way in twenty nineteen. Um, as for Joe Lazon, he ain't much better. In his last five, he's two and three. His last ten, he's four and six. But the quality of the opponents that Cerrone lost to compared to Lazon is head over heel. You know? Uh, I think Joe's best opponent was what? In those fights, was, was Clay, right? It was Clay Guida, right? Yeah, Clay Guida, and he lost. <laughs> That's probably his best opponent in those fights. Yeah. Uh, as for this fight, you know, I kind of think it's a going away party. For Donald Cerrone. You know, I think Donald Cerrone is going to take this fight and he's done after. So. He's going to fuck out. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, so I, I'm looking at the odds here. I got Cerrone minus 178. Lazon plus 144. By knockout. Cowboy plus 240. Lazon plus 600. By submission. Cowboy is plus 460. Lazon is plus 800. And by points. Cowboy is plus 340, and Lazon is plus 380. So what are you taking with this fight of guys that can't win fights? <laughs> Someone's got to win, though. <laughs> I'm going to vote with my heart and my brain on this one. Cowboy's still very highly skilled. I think he's a lot more skilled than Joe Lazon, even in their primes, which is not even close. Um, I'm t- I, think, I think we might see a high... A head kick from uh, our old boy Cowboy. I agree. Put out Joe Lozarn real quick, and uh, that's it. Call it a quick night. He's gonna have a but. He's gonna have a Budweiser in his hand before we know it. Yeah, that's he's the first fight card, first fight of the day, and what always happens in pay per views? 
The first fight is always an entertaining ass fight, and it's usually a knockout. So I agree with you there. I'm going with the smarts. I'm going with my heart and my brain, and I'm taking Cowboy Cerrone by knockout. I'm also going to say round two knockout. Round two knockout. Round two. Cerrone. I'll say round one on top of you, just because Cowboy is one of my favorite fighters of all time. Literally, of all time, he's one of my favorite fighters, and uh, I think Cowboy's gonna get him out of it in the first. I think Joe Lazaro, he's a very slow starter as it is. Yeah, he kind of moves like a zombie. Even even when Joe was in his prime, I've never been a fan of him. He kind of moves like a zombie. Yeah, so I we're gonna I, I can see him hitting with, with a nice head kick, and that's it. Lights out. Yeah, get I my got, man his Budweiser and his monster. Agree. And Dima Yeah, I agree. I think that's exactly why Don Cerrone took this fight because he's like, I want to fight someone that's not going to knock me out and slow so I can <laughs> kick him. Like, for real, I really do. Like, because Ca- Cowboy's still very, very elite. You can just look at this picture at him. You look how much more in shape he looks and lays on. He still looks, you know, his body looks good still, you know? So, I mean. Is this fight at 55 or 70? It is at 155, I believe. Let's check. Yeah, lightweight, 155. Yeah, That's he, even better for uh, Cowboy because I, <laughs> Cowboy is a very, very vicious striker still to this day. So, yeah. So, he surprised me against her. Remember when he knocked out the kid Hernandez like that? Yeah, I remember that. It was great. No one expected that. And he knocked him out. It was great. Great fight there. So. We talk about the main card. Let's talk a little bit about the undercard. We got this Chaos Williams fight I want to talk about a little bit. Chaos versus Brown. So if you guys haven't watched Chaos Williams, he's going to either knock you the fuck out or you're going to submit him. There's no other way around it. Uh, this guy. No, I agree. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but for him, if you look at these wins, he's fighting a guy that does not submit people. So... At the number that you're getting Chaos Williams at, at a minus 120, I think it's a steal. I think Chaos Williams is going to knock this dude out. And if he does knock him out, he's going to have a unanimous decision. Because he fights how he looks. He fights like his name. He's Chaos in there, bro. Uh, but his last fight he went in there, he was a little tentative. He won the fight, but he's a little tentative. Uh, I think this fight he's going to learn from that. And he's going to come out throwing fast because this is a guy that... Uh, like I say, he doesn't throw in a lot of submissions, and he likes to throw. Mm-hmm. So it's a perfect opponent for him, but he doesn't like knock people out a lot either. So Chaos Williams, I don't think he really has to worry about getting hit, getting knocked out, or getting taken down. I like him a lot. What do you think about this kid, Chaos? You like him? I love him, man. I love. I told you I love Chaos, man. He, he brings the fight all the time. He's a very ferocious motherfucker. Mm-hmm. You know what you're getting with him. You're either he's gonna knock you the fuck out. Or you're gonna submit him, and yep. like you said, this guy's not a guy, a big submission guy. Yeah, not so I'm gonna have to roll chaos on this one. I think chaos is gonna do it nasty. I hope he does. I hope he makes a comeback from his fight because he's 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 the fighter that you know you could tell he just was a, like a boxer. He's going got in the jujitsu and shit. So uh, we'll see. I think he's gonna come a long way. I think in this fight it's gonna be good. Uh, we got a couple other fights on here, which, you know, I think the winners are going to win. Uh, but this fight is the one I want to talk about. Marco Lima and Ivanov. So, this guy. I want you to take the lead on this one. Because Marco Lima, I've seen him fight as well. But you're going to bet against a Russian, I feel like. I'm betting against a Russian, which, you know, for you guys, wow. uh, Lima is the, uh, he might be the favorite now. Let me check. 
because he was the underdog. It was going back and forth on FanDuel here. So I'm going to check the odds right now. I want to bring it up live, see what he's at. Because uh, on the undercar, we got the Lima. Where are you? Yeah, he's the underdog at plus 132. So the reason I like him is this. I think this guy's he's from Bulgaria. Eh, you know, close enough to Russia. So we're not betting against a Russian, so I like it better. But this dude is a heavy fucking hitter. Win rate, 72 wins are by knockout. You know, uh, he very rarely gets past the first round. Where this Ivanov guy, he likes to kind of slow, steady it. But De Lima is so big that, like, you can't go slow and steady against him. So, I mean, nice. you look at his numbers here, too. Like, he can take you the fuck down and beat your ass on the ground, too. But Ivanov's takedown defense is really good. But he's never he's never went against a guy that, like, his his back is just – he's so strong, this Ivanov, uh, De Lima. So, I mean, I personally have – the freak in Rodrigo de Lima winning. I think he's going to knock him out. Uh, but the only way that Ivanov wins this fight is if he takes him down right from the get-go. Right from the get-go. Yeah. Uh, so I'm telling you guys, if you guys are looking for a fight on this card to take a heavy underdog, well, not heavy, but underdog by knockout. Let me see what it is by knockout on here. Because I'm taking him by knockout. Yeah, I'm going to take your man on this one. I'm going to... Go with what you say on this one. Um, I can see uh, Enema yeah, so, knocking uh, him out. By knockout, he's plus 300. And Ivanov by points is plus 220. So uh, pretty good odds there. And it's up on the chart there. So it looks like it could happen. I like it. It's only a three-round fight, so you never know. But like I said, Ivanov's yeah. going to have to try and take him down right from the beginning to control him, to wear him out, tire him out. And I really see Rodrigo Lima hitting him and knocking him out while he's trying to take him down. So, plus 300, knockout. That's one of my underdog picks for you guys on the fight card. No. Uh, I've, never been, I've never been a fan of Bloodwood. I've never been a fan of him. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to roll with Delima on this one. I've seen, him, I've seen him take a bad out with somebody, I think, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Junior Dos Santos whooped his ass. Dag Lewis whooped his ass. I agree, man. Now I remember him. Yeah, I was in a rock stop him, so that shows you a lot right there. Yeah, like I'll, I'll take Damien all day, twice on a Sunday. I'm taking the hungry Brazilian dude. I, that's just you know going you back, too. going back to the roots. Take the Brazilian. That's how we used to do it. I'm doing it again. That's how we used to do it. Take the Brazilian. Yep. Uh, anything else you want to talk about on this fight card? Um, is Tracy Cortez um a first form athlete? She's on the undercard, right? Yeah, she's a, she's yeah. a first one girl. Yeah, Tracy. I, think I, I don't. She, I, think I never. She's a first yeah, she is. I never met her though. Hey, it looks pretty good. Tracy's nine and one. Melissa Gatto is eight and zero. It looks like it's gonna be a good fight. Oh, sure. Gatto has a Gatto has a, a chance of like showing off, like to get to get noticed now. Yeah, because Tracy Cortez is uh, you know how you know how Dana is with these girls, man. Mm-hmm. He likes to feature them, so we'll see. I was just curious because I swear I've heard this Chasey Cortez chick with with a f- first form like Tala. There, there's a lot of uh, UFC fighters that are. I heard there's a couple. Uh, believe it or not, uh, Tyron Woodley was. Really, I didn't know that. 
Yeah, that's why I always voted for him until he got his ass whooped, turned into a bitch, and I was like, "Sorry, fam." <laughs> well, yeah, he, was, uh, he was on the podcast with Andy a couple times. He's he's actually very intelligent. Uh, I don't know what happened to him in the ring. I think he just lost the desire to fight. I, I don't know how, I don't know when, I don't know what happened. But uh, yeah, he was a first form guy, very very intelligent guy too. But I don't know, I don't know what happened. Shit happens, you know. So. It went downhill, but anytime there's a first form person in there, I'm willing to bet that they're probably going to put in the hardest work out of anyone in the room. That's why she's favorite right here, minus one forty five. So uh, I'll probably throw her in my parlay too because she's you know first form girl. <laughs> but other than that, uh, I mean, there's a couple other fights on here like this fight, Norma Dormont and Chazon. That's a good fight to watch too because Dormont. You see was, fun, yeah. Chazon's fight, Dormont was actually the champion in that, that low weight before they cut it because there was not enough. So she's she's a girl that can fight. We also got a guy on here, Francisco Trinaldo. Uh He's a veteran. Veteran? <laughs> that yeah, dude, veteran. This guy just throws fucking hands. Like, he just they throws can. hands. Like, he's a scary guy, man. Like, I wouldn't want to be in a ring with him. He looks like he's about to fucking rip someone's head off. <laughs> He's scary too. Like he's good. He's favorite though. I don't know much about Danny Roberts, but he's from the UK, so I'm willing to bet against him because they're a bunch of bitches. <laughs> oh. I mean, think about it though. I'm not, I'm not even lying. Like United Kingdom fighters, like they're rare, very rarely elite. You know, uh, you know, there's a couple of them. You know, Darren Till. Look what happened to him. You got Aspinall right now. It's pretty damn good, but. Michael Bisbing, the worst champion ever. Hey, he's different. He's a different breed. He's named after Mike Tyson. You got to be a freaking athlete out of the world, you know? Uh, but, yeah, other than that, man, I think this fight card is going to be great. And uh, I think it's going to be amazing. Yeah, so I don't know about you. I'm excited for it. I'll be texting you, Dorn. I'll be watching it. But we got a lot of, lot of great events coming up that we're going to be talking about, and I'm excited about them. So... We're ready for it, bro. But anything we also have a Canelo fight this weekend. Yeah, we do. So I'll be breaking that down tomorrow. I'll be uh, having that out by tomorrow. That fight. Um, I think a lot of people don't know who Demetrius uh, Bivol is. Demetrius Bivol is. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad to introduce people who he is. Yeah. Well, be, guys, be sure, dro- be sure uh, to listen to that one because he's going to drop a lot of information that you're not going to know, and you're going to look this guy up. Because uh, you were sending me shit last night, and I had to look it up. Oh, I was blowing you up about him. Hey, he looks pretty easy. He's a good fighter. Canelo's moving up. It's not like – it's a title fight. It's against a tough opponent, but uh, we'll see what yeah. happens. I don't know enough about it. I just always take Canelo. Canelo. Still Canelo. Man. Yeah. So. Uh, and then on top Canelo of that, Canelo moved up to 175 before. Yeah. It'll be tough. It'll be tough. But last thing I want to say is on Monday – which is going to be the next podcast you're going to see both of us on. You're going to hear both of us on it. Is we're doing a debate. Now, I wasn't too thrilled about doing this debate because it's it's easy victory for me. But, you know, sometimes you got to let people get their chance. Especially after you already dominated them in a debate already. So, yeah, we got another debate coming up and we're going to be talking about UFC. We're going to be debating about who was better in MMA between BJ Penn and Jose Aldo. My man Craig Wildey 
He's going to be coming back on the podcast. He's going to be representing his top three favorite fighter, BJ Penn. And I'll be, I'll be rocking Jose Aldo. So be sure to tune in for that. It's going to be a fun debate. And I'm, I'm hoping I walk away with another win. But you never know. Somehow I might come into the podcast and I might have a sore throat and I can't talk. But other than that, I'm not worried about it. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you, Craig. If you're listening, I'm excited for it. We, we, uh, how long you have you heard us bitching and nagging at each other about BJ Penn? So I'm like, yo, we gotta do it. Let's just do it. Well, the argument before was BJ Penn and GSP, and I, I don't think that would have been fair anyway. So Jose Aldo is an interesting one. Yeah, you know, uh, we're um, talking about. The reason it got brought up was because BJ Penn was recently on the Joe Rogan show. And uh, he, like, was talking about how he was the greatest fighter, lightweight fighter ever. And I was like, dude, don't start this shit again. Like, don't don't start this shit again. And I'm like, listen, like, BJ Penn, you know, he's he's, he's a great fighter and all. I'm not going to give any details yeah. out, but let, let's not go that far, bro. So All I, I'm going to say about that is this. He's a pioneer. Yeah. Uh, How he breaks that down into that, that's on him. Yeah, so... How you break down Jose Aldo, he's another pioneer. We'll see. Yeah, in different ways. We'll, we're going to break that down. But I, 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 the reason I brought Jose Aldo was because I thought... Uh, I was trying to find out a guy that was kind of, you know, similar type of career, you know, or, you know, kind of legacy, like things they've done, kind of the same weight, this and that. And I just happened to mention Jose Aldo, and he was all for it, like, yo... Like, Jose Aldo was great, but he's not better than Penn. And I was like, all right, let's go. Like, I was, I, 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 like, it's like Steve said in the podcast with The Undertaker. He's, he knowed all that information because he was there. Like, I know all this information yeah. I'm going to give you guys on Jose Aldo because I was there. I watched it as a fan. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I loved it. And he's one of my favorite fighters ever, Jose Aldo. And I'm going to show you why. So be sure to tune in on Monday. Hey, guys, make sure you guys do tune in for that one. It's going to be a fun one. Um, me personally, I would have put Frankie Edgar against him. So, but, yeah, I wanted to put Frankie Edgar against him, but then I was like, well, it's kind of hard to try and beat me when the guy not beat your guy three times in title fights. So we, we scrapped exactly. Frankie. We scrapped Frankie Edgar. We scrapped him away, and we came up with Jose Aldo. You know? Uh, right. You could have put, put Eddie Alvarez against him. Yeah, it could have been a lot of people. Just the first person that came to my mind was Jose Aldo. Uh, so he's like, all right, cool. And it's going to be a good argument. It's going to be fun. So I'm curious to hear what he's going to say about it. Because uh, I remember, if I remember, frankly, last time when he tried to bash me with John Jones, I made him speechless. So, uh, so Craig, you better bring it. Yeah, that was his best moment. But he did, he's coming off a win, though. Yeah, it'll be fun. Let's remember. Oh, Craigie boy is coming off a strong win. He's confident. In tennis debate. First ever. Yeah. So I think he got a little hype behind him. Yeah, we'll see if he lets me go first or not. We'll see. We'll see what happens. He's probably, he's probably <laughs> thinking about it every night. Like, should I go first or second? First or second? First or second? He's, he, he's going to go first because he knows I do too many podcasts and videos. I'm too comfortable speaking on here. Yeah. And if I go first, he's going to be like, fuck. So we'll see. I'm not, I'm not counting him out because he is coming off a win. But uh, we'll see what happens because you know who else is coming off a win. Yeah. F- fucking uh what's called uh Carla. She's coming off five wins actually and she ain't gonna win, so we'll see. <laughs> but alright. 
All right, uh, guys. Thanks for listening in. Hope you guys like the podcast. If you guys do like the podcast, make sure you check us out on Facebook. Check out the group, The Stoop Life. That's where all of it begins. That's where all the shit talking starts. That's where all the facts get started. And that's where all the, the every information that you need is in there. So join that. But, Paul, finish it off, man. Thank you guys for listening. This, this has been great. This is our favorite type of episodes. We like to talk about guys who like to throw hands. Let's just be real. We're idiots. We, we like to see these guys just beat the shit out of each other. So we're excited. We are excited for this episode. Um, tune in for more, man. Join the Stoop Life on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram at the underscore Stoop underscore life. Also, follow the podcast, which is the same thing. This with the podcast. This with podcast at Afterlife. Um, just keep following, man. We're growing. We're, the brand is definitely getting there. Um, thanks, everybody. That's all I want. I keep on thinking everybody because you know without you guys, we are nothing. So make sure you, you share, like, and talk about If you don't like us, forget we even exist. Yeah, I agree. So. I agree. I agree. But again, that, like you said, guys, another one. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing us. Thanks for helping us. You're keeping us going. So feel free to reach out to us to join in. We love to have guests on the podcast. <laughs> even though we're doing episodes like this, y'all can hop on. We'd love to have it. Uh, we'll start asking anybody, that. Anybody. Anybody. Yeah, for sure, man. But again, thanks, guys. Y'all have a good rest of your day, rest of your night. And we will catch y'all on the next episode. Peace out, y'all. Mm-hmm.